like to welcome you to Hopeful Conversations, hosted by Jody Aiken and Carolyn Reese. We are so excited you are joining our conversations. Our mission today is to encourage and challenge you as well as fill you with hope from God's Word. Just like the psalmist said in Psalms 103 verse 5, I wait for the Lord and my soul waits, and in His Word I hope. We thank you for joining us today on Hopeful Conversations and pray you will grow in the waiting and rely on hope from God's Word. I now give you Jody and Carolyn. Hey friends, welcome back to Hateful Conversations. I'm Jody, And I'm Carolyn. We are excited that we are, uh, I, I don't know, this is our third recording okay. on questions that yeah. need answers and really is uh, why we believe what we believe kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, it's been challenging. It's been, and it's getting fun. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely getting, getting more fun. Um, you know, last uh, episode, we talked about the inerrancy, the true truth about God's word is basically answering that question. Um, how do we know that God's word is true? And without going into all the details of that, I would encourage you, if that is of interest to you, to go back and listen to that episode. Yeah, it's foundational to our, it our truth and our belief. It is very so. foundational. Yeah, because at the end of the day, if we don't believe that the word is true, how can you build anything <laughs> well, on right. what you don't believe is true? That's right. That's hey, right. I don't know if I can say that again. That's kind of why we chose these things about yes. the these first few episodes uh-huh. about scripture, because really, if you don't have that foundation, everything else we're going to say. That's right. That's right. It's not going to make sense. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I'm going to open us in prayer. We're going to dive into today's question. Awesome. Father God, thank you for your grace. Thank you that you are unchanging and that you are so faithful. Um, God, I pray that as we go in our discussion today, that you would just guard our words. And Lord, that we would um, speak uh, some truths that some uh, needed to hear today, Lord, just to build that foundation of their faith in your word. Um, And also just to be reminded of your faithfulness and and how you move heaven and earth to make your purpose and plan come to fruition. So, Lord, we give this to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, today we're going to talk about two doctrines that kind of go hand in hand. We're going to talk about the preservation of Scripture, which is basically how God preserved His Word through years and years, and then the canonization, how God assembled the books of the Bible. And so, um, yeah, those two kind of go hand in hand. So we thought we'd combine them and discuss them because these are so important and just go to further prove that we can trust God's word. Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, when we're discussing preservation of scripture, we're, what we're doing, we're stating that we believe that the Bible, which we recognize as God's word today, is the preserved word of God throughout the ages. So in other words, we are affirming that we believe that God has preserved his word since it was given for our benefit. Yeah, I was thinking about that. You know, think of how much time has passed Mm -hmm. since the writers wrote these books and think about all that the world has gone through and that God's word still remains and that we get to hold it in our hands and read it today. That What a gift that is, um, the preservation of God's word. Yeah, no, that's good stuff. Um, there, There's a, a quote from Dr. Uh, David Shepherd I wanted to share here. It says, once scripture was given in its original, inerrant, infallible, God-breathed, inspired, written form, the original Hebrew and Greek texts of the scriptures were perpetually divinely preserved by God on earth. So mm-hmm. really, in other words, the actions taken by God in his power 
uh, to ensure that the Bible, which is inspired by God, is pre- preserved. So God God took a lot of action yeah. to ensure that his word would be preserved. Yeah. There's a lot of scripture that talks about the preservation of God's word. Um, Psalm 119, 140 says that, uh, your promise is well tried and your servant loves it. It just talks about, mm-hmm. it. you know, it has, people have clung to this for years, God's word, and it's well tried. Isaiah 40 verse 8 says, the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God will stand forever. And then even Jesus confirmed, um, you know, this promise of preservation in Matthew 5. It says, for truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. So that's those one are of good my reminders. I love that yeah. right there. That we actually we use, we read that yeah. scripture all the time. Yeah. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. So it talks about that confidence mm-hmm. that it'll be accomplished, but that God's word is is preserved. It mm-hmm. will remain. Not nothing will disappear from it. Nothing it's will be secure, added to it. A secure assurance. Absolutely. And, and I love that. Um you know, God, a few statements that, that I want to just share here. God is absolutely able to accomplish anything. We've we've talked about that throughout yeah. our podcast and many episodes, but he is able to preserve all that we have through the ages. And what we think is seems impossible, because that does seem impossible. Yeah. It's just not. It's not for God um, to, to bring scripture in here. Jeremiah 32, 17 Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too difficult for you. Yeah. And then, you know, God um, desired to reveal information to man through biblical writers. And and we that is such a big deal when it comes to scriptures. Um, I want to bring in Hebrews 1, 1 through 2 here. It says long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. Mm -hmm. And then uh, two more things I want to just kind of point out here is God is immutable. Again, we've said that before. He's unchangeable, Mm -hmm. uh, basically. He does not change over the course of time, and his word held true. Uh, then and it holds true now so you know um i think we've mentioned before too hebrews 13 8 jesus christ is the same yesterday and today and forever mm-hmm. uh, that is actually a popular uh, verse i hear often mm-hmm. um so bring it all together here yeah. you know therefore if god's purpose was to reveal information to man and his purpose has not cannot change and god is able to accomplish anything then isn't it logical to believe that God could and did preserve his word for man? Yeah. Yeah. And knowing that. Yeah. Recognizing mm-hmm. that that is such a gift that we have God's word from long, long ago right. preserved for so that we can hold it in our hands so that yeah. we can read and study. It's so, yeah. so fun to think about. So we're going to move on. You want to keep going? Yeah. Go well, ahead. Go one, ahead. One more thing. Yeah. I wanted to talk a little bit about the translation. Oh, yeah. Just, please yeah, do. Just, this is so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> just a moment on that. Um, I've, I've come across so many people when they talk about, you know, um, the word has been translated mm-hmm. as if it's been um, – disheveled and messed up um, and that it's been messed with with, but but it's taken from the original language 
translated into an English language is what that's really about. And and I know that sounds, well, duh, but so simple, but <laughs> so many people actually don't get that. Yeah. They think they think it's translated. Um, the meaning is just translated. And it, over time, it's been watered down. It's been mm. changed, but it but it's not. Um, you know, one thing that I was reminded when I was thinking about the different translations that you, whatever Bible you've got, you can look in the front leaves of uh, pages of your Bible and you can actually um, learn about the nuances of your translation. And it, I found it really fascinating. Um, so he, let me back up and just say that there are two main approaches um, to translation there's a formal approach. Uh, it's, and which really means sometimes it's labeled like literal or word for word. Mm-hmm. And then the other approach is kind of functional. Um, you might often think of that as a thought for thought. Mm-hmm. It, uh, in reality, no translation is entirely formal or entirely functional um, in that sense. But just to really um, break this down, I actually got this um, from something that uh, some of Chris's research mm-hmm. when he was doing some writing. He said the formal approach tries to stay as close as possible to the structure of words of the source uh, language. Mm -hmm. Translators using this approach feel a keen sense of responsibility to reproduce the forms of the original Greek and Hebrew whenever possible. So it's this as close um, to the original language. Then here's the functional approach, and it tries to express the meaning of the original text in today's language. And here the translators feel... Uh, a responsibility to reboot, re, uh, reproduce the meaning of the original text in English so that if the effects on today's reader is equ- equivalent to the effect on the ancient reader. Um, for, you know, I would think of the message Bible, mm-hmm. you know, just uh, functional in that way. And it's uh, a paraphrase or um, uh, in, in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's so good. And there are some translations that... Um are better than others. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, be aware. Well, of that. You know, yeah, yeah, it is. Um, the 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 word for word, you know, I think the NASB that I use mm-hmm. and the ESV mm-hmm. is that right? Um, mm-hmm. that that use would be considered um more word for mm-hmm. as much as as that. Um, but a lot of times we've talked about using different translations yeah. as we're studying yeah. to to get um. Uh, you know, uh, to broaden the comprehension sometimes, uh-huh. I often will look at the New Living Translation. Mm-hmm. Um, and on occasion, I'll even read the message uh-huh. just just because of the way it elaborates. And it might use a phrase or, or, or something that it just helps me sometimes connect the dot if, if I'm struggling mm-hmm. in uh, that full comprehension. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? I think that's a great a great mm-hmm. way to study scripture because mm-hmm. yeah, if you read it in your whatever translation you're reading, if that doesn't quite make sense or it's worded kind of funny or weird for you, mm-hmm. yeah, go to another trusted translation and, and really compare and sometimes you do get a little bit better understanding. But that's yeah. so But that's look so in the front important. of your Bible if you've never yeah. done that, because I, I think many of us will yeah. get a Bible and we'll just go straight to Genesis. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're really missing out a yeah. lot of goodies in front yeah. of in those first few pages of your Bible. Especially if you have a study Bible, I would encourage you to go spend a little bit of time and just um, actually reading some of that stuff where it just looks like you just want to come over it. Yeah. Um, It's good. Yeah. 
It's important. Awesome. So we're going to move on to talk about uh, the canon of Scripture or mm-hmm. canonization. And a lot of times I think we'll hear people say like the canon of Scripture, the New Old Testament canon. And so I thought it would be important to talk about what exactly is a canon. Um, a can- is it what you put a ball in no, and it fires? it's not. It's not. That's oh, why well, we here. need to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really a word we use a lot. So it's, it's important to talk about. But basically it's a list or an index. So when we're talking about the canon of Scripture, we're just talking about a list of the books that make up the Bible, the Word of God. Um, and as I was researching, I just came across several different views, and they're, they're different views of how um, just understanding how the Bible was compiled, like what books are included in the canon of Scripture. Um, there's a view, and this is, I'm going to go ahead and say this is an incorrect view, that the church was the determiner of the canon, or that certain councils of people uh, looked at a bunch of books and decided that these were going to be part of Scripture. Um, And I wanted to mention a resource, a trusted resource. Um, Dr. Scott Kellum, he's a professor at Southeastern. We know, Jordan and I know him, so he Mm -hmm. is a trusted resource in this because it's important when you're researching theology (laughs) and and getting resources that they're trusted resources that Mm -hmm. you know are are studying Scripture. But... um, Yes, his books, he's he's really well-versed in this canonization of Scripture. And so I listened to a podcast that he was on. I thought it was really interesting. And, um, you know, he was saying, again, that this incorrect view that some people thought, you know, the New Testament came through many years of sorting and sifting through different books and scriptures. And then uh, the Council of Nicaea just said, like, these are the books. These are the books of mm-hmm. scripture. But really, the correct view is that the church is simply the discoverer of the canon of scripture as it was established by the Holy Spirit. And um, isn't that just like God that, yeah. you know, he spoke through the Holy Spirit to the writers of scripture and and he, through the Holy Spirit, arranged the canonization of scripture, the, mm-hmm. the scripture that we have today. Um, Isaiah 34, 16 says, Seek and read from the book of the Lord. Not one of these shall be missing. None shall be without her mate. For the mouth of the Lord has commanded and his spirit has gathered them. Doesn't that, That's just such a cool verse to me because there yeah. it is. It's right there. The spirit of the Lord gathered them. Um, he went on, Dr. Killam went on to point out some scriptures. And I thought this was so cool to see how... Um, the New Testament really recognizes the Old Testament as Scripture. Um, Scriptures like 1 Timothy 5.18 that says, For Scripture says you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain, and the laborer deserves his wages. That's taken from the Old Testament. But it tells us that even during Paul's time, um, the books of the Old Testament were recognized as Scripture. He called it Scripture right there. And, And then in 2 Peter 3, Peter even refers to Paul's letters as scripture. So that's an even shorter time period. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, it says in 2 Peter three fifteen through 16, and count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our bro- beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given to him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ing- ignorant are unable to twist or unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. So he was referring to Paul's letters as scriptures. And I thought those two examples were so interesting to know that other writers of the Bible were already recognizing 
that canonization of scripture that was being led by the Holy Spirit. I think that's profound. Yeah. I, that, that's really, just solid. That's solid stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I think the only thing I have to add about the canonization is um, that it was a process rather than an actual event. Yeah. You know, because it took, it, it took several hundreds of years yeah. to reach that finality yeah. in its parts. Yeah. I saw something along these lines in one of the books that I was reading, and I just love it. It says that God and God alone is the one who gives the Bible and each book in it divine authority, not any church or council or group. So mm. if you hold if you hold to the, the thought that one council decided that these were divine books, that's just not true. It's God alone that gives them divine authority in his word. And he, he is over, just as he was over the preservation process, mm-hmm. He was over the canonization process. He was in control of it all. Um, and I love that. I love that that confidence that that brings, that it wasn't up to a person or a group of people to determine that these are the books, that this is what we hold in our hands is really the word of God. No, it's good. And it's, it's got that. It's it's just proven. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the thread through it all, even, you know, when we've done some series talking about the Old Testament through yeah. the New. Yeah. You can see Jesus in the Old Testament and thread it all the way through Absolutely. every single, every single chapter mm-hmm. and every, every um, part of it. Cause that's what that's about. Yeah. And, and I think um, some people don't, may not realize that in their original language, um, some of the books, they weren't broken into chapters mm-hmm. and there weren't little numbers to number and list of d- the different mm-hmm. verses that was added in the sense to help us uh, um, read and have that breakdown mm-hmm. in that. Mm-hmm. Now, that shouldn't scare you in any way. That doesn't change the word of God. Right. It just helps as a, you know, literature when you're putting literature mm-hmm. together like that to really just kind of be able to um, uh read through it smoothly yeah. yeah if you will yeah and two for us to be able to reference i mean can you imagine going even in just it just psalms 119 yeah where are you well i'm halfway down about like yeah 25 in. i mean yeah so it's so helpful to yeah. have these little numbers that we reference so the verse at this mm-hmm. number so mm-hmm. yeah i just thought that was worth and mentioning. yes and god was over it all you know he protects his word and so mm-hmm. We can trust that he's preserved his word through every every transformation it's taken, through right. translations, through mm-hmm. travel. Yeah, right. he's over it all. Oh, you know, in canon being a list of the Bibles, you yeah. know, I think what that says about God is that he's he's uh, into list. He, he, like, <laughs> he is the God of order. He, he is, is the God of That's order. What it says. <laughs> he's in order. Yeah. I just anyway, not of I chaos. Just <laughs> like reading Psalm 119 without yeah, verse markers. That would, right. that, would, that would be chaos. <laughs> I'm not sure that's what the scripture yeah, said or yeah, meant but, when it said Yeah, I just happen to like lists. That's what I thought. Oh, uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Because I like checking the list yes. off. <laughs> oh, that feels so good. Yeah. It does, doesn't it? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Well, I obviously don't have anything else to add. So. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it's good. It's good. But I just feel like these topics, you know, they you can get real nerdy with them. Oh, real gosh, nerdy. Yeah. You can go real yeah. deep with them. Mm-hmm. But it just further, like, it should just give us more and more confidence that yes. God's word is his word and can be trusted and we can be confident to base everything else we believe on mm-hmm. or believe in on right. his word. Right. Um, that's again, why we chose these topics to cover mm-hmm. first and foremost before jumping into other things. Because if you don't have that foundation of truth, you know, mm-hmm. that foundation that the scripture is true, then everything else really won't, it'll fall apart. Right. <laughs> um, so we need that. 
But yeah. So what do we do with this? What do right. we do with the canonization and preservation of God's word? Um, you know, what does this say about God? We've, we've talked a little bit about this, but, you know, that God is control in control over everything. Nothing mm-hmm. is is beyond his reach. Nothing is beyond his power. Nothing slips by him. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. Yeah. And so every little aspect of his mm-hmm. his word being preserved and canonized has been under mm-hmm. his control. And, and just to mention, I think what I said in the beginning here is God takes action. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he takes action to ensure that things are, you know, the, the word was preserved and, and all that. Mm-hmm. He didn't just sit back and say, oh, let me just see what my puppets are going to do. That's not yeah. who we are and that's yeah. not who God is. That's right. That's you know, right. he takes real Praise action. Praise the Lord. I know. I <laughs> Praise know. Praise the Lord. I know. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, this reminds me about what is to say about us as people you know, men didn't approve what books make up the Bible. Mm-hmm. They recognized them. So men, we didn't say, okay, these these are approved books. That was the Lord. And and that gives mm-hmm. me confidence because men are fallible. We talked about that last yes. time when mm-hmm. uh, the inerrancy of the word of God. Men can make mistakes, but God has assembled his scripture and preserved it by the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And That's I am right. thankful for that. Amen. Yeah. All right. So what does it say about a principle that we can cling to in this in this section? Um, I think it just further confirms that I can trust God's word and that this is, in fact, his divine word. And then I can live in confidence in that. And we've talked about yeah. that being foundation, foundational to our belief. But mm-hmm. it's true. Being secured have... and, and, and assured. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then what can we do with it? What Now that we know all this stuff about the canonization pres- preservation, what can I apply to my life? Um, I found a verse in Deuteronomy. It's Deuteronomy seventeen nineteen. It says, And it shall be with him, and he shall read it all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord, his God, by keeping all the words of his law and these statutes and doing them. And that just speaks to the importance of, of reading God's word, spending time in God's word. If you if you haven't recognized what a gift God's word is, <laughs> I don't know what else we could do. Yeah, yeah, it's I don't such, know. such yeah. a gift. And so knowing that it is a gift, I've got to do something with that. And mm-hmm. so uh spending my time abiding with him through his word, um, reading the laws, keeping being obedient to what he says in his word. And I love that last phrase, and doing them. That it should cause us not just to sit back and read and say, oh, those are nice things, but right. putting them into action, <laughs> putting it in action, what right. we learn through right. scripture. Yeah. yeah. I was just, for some reason, it just came to me. Um, there was a time that um, I was talking to a young lady. She she had uh, read through the mm-hmm. Bible, mm-hmm. but the way she was talking about the Bible, it wasn't as if it was alive and active and, and, mm-hmm. and making a difference in her life. It was more of a textbook for her. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I just kind of pointed that out to her. You know, the Bible is not a textbook. Yeah. It is. It's literature. Yeah. I mean, because it's, it's written, you know, yeah. words. Yeah. <laughs> and in a book. But but it is. It is the uh, divine word of God yeah, yeah. and holy and, and um, yeah. is active yeah. in, our, in our lives when we when we get to the point and realize. And again, the whole point in the series is why do we believe what we believe? Yeah, yeah. And and figuring that out by answering some of these questions and yeah. and just recognize when you see the holy scriptures, it's not just a it's it's not a textbook. Right. It's right. not a textbook. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that does change your view and how you respond to it. Yeah, Yeah. it does. And I think that's probably um, the big application for me is is that. Yeah. And I think when we approach the Word, when we're going to go in and and study the Word, 
we really have to come at it in an attitude of prayer and mm-hmm. an attitude of uh, just responsiveness and humility rather than, all right, let me just see what God says, you know, I have to do today. Yeah, check my list off. Yeah. No. I mean, we've talked about right. how God will give us understanding. We talk all through when Psalm 19 or Psalm 19. Right. 119. Goodness. Psalm You're going to add a, another one in there. Yeah. But we talked all about that through um, uh-huh. 119 that God... We can pour out our heart to him if we don't understand scripture. He will give us that understanding. But That's just right. kind of approaching it that way will really transform um, our lives and yeah. what we do with scripture. Amen. So we learn. All right. You want to close this in prayer? I will. Right. I will. Lord, thank you for the gift of your word. Thank you for the way that you have carried it and preserved it um, throughout all of this time and assembled it for us so that we can have it in our hands and study it. Um, we are so thankful for this gift that you, you didn't leave us without anything. You gave us the Holy Spirit and you gave us your word and, and we are so grateful. And I pray that, that we first will take the time to study your word. Um, once we recognize that as, as the gift that it is, that it will, um, be a priority in our life, that internalizing your word, memorizing scriptures will be a priority in our life. And then um, that our hearts and our lives will be transformed as we um, study and become more and more like you through the transformation your word provides in our lives. Um, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. so much for joining us today. We know there are other podcasts to listen to, and we are humbled that you chose Hopefield Conversations. If you enjoyed our conversation today, we invite you to subscribe. If you found our conversations helpful, or if you would like to share comments with Jody or Carolyn, you may email them at hfc at englewoodbaptist.com. If you need to talk with a pastor at our church, please email next at englewoodbaptist.com. Once again, thank you for spending time with us today.